Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about out-of-body experiences, the scientific search for extraterrestrial life, and biblical prophecies, which may have foretold our current state of global turmoil. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to catch up on what you may have missed from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. How did you get involved in dreams and dream interpretation? Since I was little, I would wake up every night remembering dreams. And I would tell my parents, and uh, they didn't know what to do with a lot of the dreams. They were very specific sometimes. And I would remember at least three dreams a night. So, uh, gosh, I think I was like seven or eight years old when I started my first dream diary. And I would write them down and draw pictures when I woke up and and try to think about, you know, what it meant. And I started having more what we'd call prophetic dreams. And my parents started to pay attention, uh, write about that in the book, a story of, begging my parents to let the dog come inside. At that time, you know, our dog was an outside dog and years ago, and I just said, someone's going to take our dog. And they didn't believe me. They thought I just wanted him inside. And everything I described the next morning had come true. The fence had been broken down oh, at the gate, geez. and the dog was gone. And so they began to pay attention. And then um, I had a, a very troubling dream about a family member that was going to pass, and I was really young still and had no knowledge of what was going on with this person, and they weren't really sick, and um, everything that I described to my parents came true. So at that point, they started to realize that there was more going on, and I did too, and uh, I've paid attention to my dreams ever since, and that's how I ended up classifying, really, these diaries I started as a kid, and I'd realize dreams would come in four different ways. I would call them daily life dreams, like things you're working out that troubled you during the day and your subconscious is helping you, uh, you know, figure them out. And then there were teaching dreams where I would go the other side and learn things. Um, And then there were prophetic dreams, like I would have things coming through. And the fourth kind of dreams I would have would be visitation dreams, where loved ones and spirit and others would come to visit me through my dreams, because it's an easy way to communicate. You're not, they're wanting to communicate with us all the time on the other side. But usually when we're awake, we're so busy and our mind's clouded and they just can't get our attention. But when we're relaxed and in the dream state, it's much easier for our loved ones and spirit and others to come through. Did you get better and better and better at dreams and interpretation as the years went by? I did. And like anything, if you're interested in it, you uh, you practice more, right? You pay more attention, you study. And... Um, I studied some. I learned more about lucid dreaming. I realized I was already lucid dreaming. And I studied in uh, with some mystery schools, uh, with teachers, and a lot of different things. Um, you know, starting again when I was young, when I think I was like 13, I went to my mother and said, it's time for my formal education in astrology. And she just kind of laughed. And I said, I'm ready now. And I was just such a peculiar little kid like that. And so she let me study astrology. And then a few years later, I'm like, I'm ready to read tarot cards, find me a teacher. And, you know, she would do it, thankfully. And and with my dreams, I always kept the notes. But then uh, I, as I was studying in the mystery schools, and I learned um, how to astral travel and remote view and things like that. Then um, uh, I began to understand more with lucid dreaming, what was going on, and to practice it. And then spent years doing that and being active in my dreams and kind of connecting it with astral travel in that way too and mixing it all together, which has been fascinating. (laughs) I have uh, 
been dreaming, of course, as everybody does. But I haven't had a lot where I remember um, lately, and I don't know why. What, what do you think is going on? Well, I think you have to, first of all, program yourself. You have to, yes, we remember some dreams, and usually they're ones that are very intense or stressful. But you can program yourself, your mind, to remember your dreams. And it's the same similar advice like people say if you want to talk to a spirit guide that you have to ask. The same thing with your, with your mind and your higher self. Uh, I give uh, simple exercises in the book that, that explain that, that before you go to bed, you, as you're relaxing, you set the intention that I would like to remember my dreams. Please help me remember my dreams. And you kind of tell yourself, I'm going to wake up when I have a dream that I want to remember. And I recommend you keep a notebook or a recorder, whichever works for you, by the bed. And then uh, the more that you ask and go to bed with that conscious intention, the more likely it'll begin that you'll wake up and remember that dream. And if you can wake yourself up enough to write it down or draw a picture or scribble something and say, I want to remember this more. Even when I wake up, you begin to train your mind and you'll become better and better at it too. Remember, I remember at least three dreams a night. I met people that remember even more. So not only can you program yourself to remember, you can program your mind uh, what you want to dream about. Uh, I give examples of exercises you can do to meet others on the other side if you want or engage in conversations or even program your mind to work out a question or a problem you're dealing with in the dream and to get that answer. And I move from that part into not just dreams at night but daydreams and how so many visionaries and uh, brilliant scientists and inventors and entrepreneurs would use a daydream uh, where they would just go into a daydream in a light sleep for about 10 minutes asking a question to a problem and then wake up kind of with a eureka moment, like, I've got it, and how powerful that is. We we really, like we talk about with so much of the mind, have only explored a small amount. We're capable of so many incredible things. And you can even use your dreams to access the global consciousness and pull energy from there and thoughts and uh you know, travel anywhere you want to go, really. When they talk about uh, everyone dreams and how often do they dream, how do they know? I mean, how do they know what you're doing in your dream state? Well, uh, sleep studies, you know, and researchers do a lot of uh, investigative work into this, and they follow the REM patterns, how the eyes are moving and the speed, and uh, when they say that you're in a dream state. And people volunteer for those studies where they're woken up and asked, you know, were you dreaming now? What do you remember? And they look at the different stages of your sleep and how many times you sleep during um, an average sleep cycle. And so there's been a lot of studies about that. But going back to the ancient, you know, mystery schools and ancient oracles, in the old days in Turkey and Greece and all those places, they had temples where you could go and dream. And there would be dream interpreters there that would sit by. And really? When, yes. And the, you can read about that in the history books. Don't take my word for it. You'd Google wake it. up and tell them what your dream was <laughs> yes. and they'd interpret it for you. And that's how they began any healing practices. So you could go and just, and if you had a troublesome dream, you could just check into one of these temples. And sometimes they were by the side of the road and share your dream and they would interpret it. Or you could stay overnight and sleep and have the dream and talk about it with the interpreter. Or if you were really having um, other problems and you were plagued by it, maybe it had, uh, you were having physical problems as well, then you might check into one of these places like a healing temple and stay 
they would first interpret your dream to see what was going on because they understood the mind-body-spirit connection. And so what was troubling you would come out in your dreams, and that would help them then to diagnose the physical ailments that you were suffering and combine all three mind, body, and spirit together to help you heal on all three levels. And I really think we're going back to that in the future. There's no question in your dream state you can do a lot of powerful things. Yes. And by being able to do these incredibly powerful things, do they make you a better person? Well, they can, right? It's all intention uh, and what you want to put into your dreams and do. But um, I've worked with a lot of people um, and have a lot of clients all over the world that we begin by working in their dreams to help them visualize and manifest what they want. And one of our biggest blocks um, in this lifetime is, you know, when we're in the logic part of the brain saying this isn't possible or we can't do this, uh, and then we work in that dream state to see that all things are possible. And as you dream it and work as, work on that and combine it during daydreams with visualizations, it does empower you to become more. And it's not much different, really, than what a lot of athletic coaches um, have their people do when they're training them for the Olympics or, or to play pro sports where they visualize themselves and they dream about it, uh, you know, winning right. the game or getting, you know, the, the winning shot of whatever it is. It's, it's the same type of thing that the mind is that powerful and it can be trained to focus on that. And once we believe it, it's pretty much then possible with most things. And we only limit ourselves by our beliefs and it's not really our fault. It's, what we've kind of been shown and taught and where the world's at at any, any time. Some, if we look in history, sometimes they're more open. Sometimes it's a Renaissance period and sometimes it's the dark ages, right? So we move cyclically like that through history. And uh, when we know more, we do more. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.